Welcome to All Turns and No Breaks. This isn't an ordinary show. This is NASCAR Talk for fans by fans. Hey NASCAR fans, welcome back to another episode of All Turns and No Breaks with the Fabulous Three, which includes myself, my man Kenny, and Miss Tam. How are you guys doing? What it do, booze? What it do, booze? How about <laughs> those do? cowboys? What's happening? What's happening? Hey, <laughs> hey, we we not gonna do that. No, 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 yeah. not today. <laughs> let's skip. Let's, okay, let's I'm gonna say it again because I don't think y'all heard me. How about them cowboys? <laughs> hey, listen, why you got to put us through so much pain right at the get-go of the episode? Like, that's tough. Uh, you ain't lying. <laughs> it's not as, as painful as Talladega because it went True. down in the Dega. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So man. I guess we can just skip the part about the cowboys giving up 49 points because, man. you know, it is what it is. To the Browns. What what's going on with your Houston Astros? Right yeah, the, so the Houston Astros um they graduated from uh banging trash cans to banging the Minnesota Twins <laughs> and made it to the second round <laughs> and, made, and made it to the second round of of the playoffs of uh, of the MLB playoffs. You know what's funny about that is other than what I said and uh, uh <laughs> but um, I, I was listening to a lot of the uh, um, MLB analysts, uh, you know, who are former players, obviously, you know, when they were talking about that whole series and they were like, you know, here's the crazy thing is that they understand, you know, what, what the situation is with the Astros and that, that whole organization. And they have become the villain of who they are as a team. And rightfully so. Uh, I'm here as an Astros fan to say that, that they rightfully deserve everything that they're getting at right now from from not only other major league teams and baseball players, but major league baseball fans such as myself, because they didn't need to do what they did a few years ago. The only way they can they can make this up for themselves is just to, you know, do what they do is, is just keep playing and and mentally try to get back of what they once were. And and what I mean by that is they were comparing their batting stats to this year as compared to the last couple of years when they were when you know when 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 they were playing a full season granted it's only been 60 games but still batting averages are really really low for for all of those hitters so renee i'm gonna cut you off well it sounded like you was finished but i was gonna cut you off anyway <laughs> and tell you yeah, this yeah. you said something that triggered one thing and i just kept thinking the whole time that you were talking is that none of what you're saying matters because it's going to be a decade before people get over that they're cheaters. Yeah. And it is yeah, what absolutely. it is. Yeah. Absolutely. So, I agree. Speaking of cheating, I guess we can go into some Talladega talk, unless, Kenny, you wanted to ask something about that. But I just kind of felt it was the perfect segue <laughs> to talk about Talladega. <laughs> no, that was that was perfect. Okay. I can't talk baseball because my team did not make it. So continue. But, but that, was a, that was a good segue to, to, to go into it with the cheating. It was perfect. Well, the reason why I brought it up is because some people feel as if NASCAR cheated Matt DiBenedetto out of a win with that whole double yellow line because Denny was clearly, clearly out. And he clearly advanced a car or two 
while he was out. <laughs> so, Kenny, Renee. Tim, Kenny, uh, here's my take on the whole thing. And, uh, and I watched it over and over and over again as much as they were showing it. And, and now, based on, on the crowd's reaction a- after they named uh, Denny Hamlin the winner officially, uh, you heard all the, the jeering and the booing. And that kind of tells you, I think, what, what the crowd thought of the decision. My personal des- decision was, uh, or my opinion, I should say, is I understand that Denny went uh, went down, you know, below the double yellow line. Now, if he made a conscious effort to get right back on, I would have been okay with that. But in, in a way, I thought he just took a little bit too long to to try to make his way back up on top of the double yellow line. But I understand the decision, and that's a, that was a tough call. That could have gone either way, I think. All right, so we can talk about the double yellow double yellow line for days. I mean, this is something that's happened more than once. This is not a first time thing. You can ask Regan Smith from two thousand eight, where he got in that situation and did not win that race, and a lot of people still deem him as the winner. The one I saw in person was a few years ago in Daytona during the spring. Excuse me, not the spring, the summer race at the time. With um, Justin Haley in the Xfinity Series, I remember watching that from the way top, way up top, seeing that happen, and he went down below the yellow line, and he did not get the win. So, you know, it's it's been very weird over the years in Talladega's sake as well as Daytona, but I, I do feel like if there's pavement there, hell, let it be pavement and let them run wherever it is at that point. Honestly, I don't think that's going to lead to someone going all the way down to the wall where the damn pit lane is. I couldn't imagine someone putting themselves in that type of danger. But I feel like if you just let them run as is and just let them go, if no one wrecks somebody, I don't think there's an issue. Honestly, I don't think there's an issue. I don't think in 20 laps there's going to be someone that says, you know what? Let me go on the bottom of the apron for absolutely no reason. I don't think that's ever going to happen. So my thing is... How about this? Instead of it being a judgment call, how about we just not had a call at all? Like, no no double yellow rule line at all anymore. Like, it, there's been too many times where this has happened, and we've had this same discussion, same song, different race. You guys make <laughs> great points. I did think Denny was down there a little too long, and I agree with what you're saying, Kenny, about maybe it's just time to just throw the rule out altogether. What sticks out to me is not that Denny won the race because of what he did, but the fact that Matt DiBenedetto not only was crushed by losing by just a snidget to Denny Hamlin, but right after his emotional post-race press conference, well, it wasn't really a press conference, but, you know, he was talking to the media. Then he finds out that not only was he did he lose the race, but he was penalized yeah, and that gosh. he was pretty much headed back to the end of the pack. Of, Talk about you know, kicking however they scored it. So I guess what did he end up coming in 20th or 21st or something like that? 21st. That to me was just like you sucker punched him. Then you turned his face around and then you uppercut him right in the kisser. That's some old Popeye stuff, right? Yeah, <laughs> Wait. Yeah. Kenny may be too young to know about Popeye. I do know about Renee, that. you know about Popeye. I do. I do know I'm about Popeye it. Popeye the Sailor Man. <laughs> Side note, one of my favorite movies, even as an adult, 
is Popeye with Robin Williams. I love that movie. Okay, that was hashtag Tam's rant. You know, I had to give you a good one real quick. Okay, so Talladega to me was everything. It lived up to all the hype. What was it? Triple overtime or was it quadruple overtime? It had everything you can imagine. It had, of course, failures and disappointments because that's all Talladega does is break people's heart. But it had its moments. Bubba led a couple of laps. Bubba and Joy was going at it. It was all about the push and the drift for a few, more than a few laps because it was like Brad and Joey had teamed up and your boy Chase Elliott was pushing Bubba Wallace and then Ryan Priest broke up the show and somehow broke up Brad Keselowski and Joey Logano and got in between and then it all went downhill from there because I'm not saying that Priest wasn't good at what he was doing, but once he broke it all up, then it just kind of, what happened? At one point, Bubba Wallace hit the wall. I don't know. It just was crazy. And then he ended up getting back in there, and then it was just a wrap after that. But I was disappointed, and I didn't really plan on talking about this, but I'm just going to say something. (sighs) I was really disappointed when I heard people booing for Bubba Wallace when he was out the race. So I just want to add that. I just feel like it's one thing when you boo Joy Logano. I'm not saying <laughs> Joy deserves it, but I'm just saying. Yeah. But you guys that booed are the people who booed Bubba Wallace. That was just pure hate. And I don't want to throw racism in it, but, you know, it was what it was. And, you know, because it, it, it feels different. It's not like, when they boo Kyle Bush because they just hate right. Kyle Bush. Yeah. Kyle Bush you, is a winner. You know People hate a winner. I am so glad you said that because I remember when I was watching live and when it happened and you know, that's the craziest thing. You named two people that I saw on Twitter right away. As soon as that happened, Kyle Bush gets booed. Obviously we all know that Joey Logano as well. Ah, frick. Same thing with him, right? Happens all the time. Right. But we all know, and I, and I'm not even going to sugarcoat it. Matter of fact, we all know there's a big difference between Kyle Bush and Joey Logano getting booed is more competition related than anything compared to race related when it comes to Bubba. There is no way I am going to sit here and defend that for anybody. I'm just going to tell y'all that straight up. That, that's just what that is. I could care less. I'll agree with that as well. It just was a different energy. It again, I didn't plan on talking about it but since i brought it up i was like hey it was just a different energy but so much happened at talladega but what is worth digesting well okay first of all we just jumped right into it we didn't even give you guys the top 10 but i kind of feel like low-key the top 10 doesn't matter at talladega and especially (laughs) because it's not what we thought it was it, it just all got it's all messed up and there's so many drivers that end up in the top 10 a lot of times at Talladega. It's drivers that you've never even heard of. I remember one of the announcers saying that at one point, And I was like, man, he's right. I ain't never heard of this guy <laughs> or that guy. <laughs> Dude. I had to go look him up. I was like, I didn't even, like, I really honestly didn't know who they were. You guys know my thought. When you start talking about the number 59, the number 57, 40. <laughs> You know, those numbers, I don't know who who you're talking about. 
But what I will say, we're not going to do the top 10, but I will give you guys the playoff standings because after all, we're in the playoffs. So if the playoffs started today, Kurt and Denny are in because both of them won. Harvick and Brad are in. Truex, Chase Elliott, Alex Bowman, and Logano are in. Austin Dillon, Kyle Busch, Clint Boyer, and Eric Amarola are out because they're respectfully 9th, 10th, 11th, and 12th in the round of 12. And as you guys know, only eight drivers are going on in the playoffs. Next week, we are headed to the Roval in Charlotte. And the Roval is the actual cutoff race for this round of playoffs. Unfortunately, Kyle Busch just does not believe that he is going to make it out of this round. I am still hoping for a miracle and that he will get out, but he doesn't have faith that his team, and it's, I don't know if it's that it's, he doesn't have faith in his team or is it as a team in general that they can do anything, but you never know. A lot of people are banking on Chase because they believe Chase does well at road courses. Chase did extremely well at Dega. He was constantly up there. Again, I don't even know what are the top 10 finishes because we're actually doing this podcast prior to inspection. So before the end of the call, maybe Kenny will let us know, in fact, if Denny Hamlin passed inspection, because if he didn't, that would be a whole hoot. But yeah, so that is where we're at. And one other thing I did want to chime in on, the race has so much going on and it was so much excitement. I usually post during the race and ask our Twitter followers, what do they think or what do they think about the race so far? And it's usually we make that tweet around stage two, but it was cracking as the old folks say. So we didn't even bother with asking people their thoughts. However, after the race, we did post a tweet and we simply asked, do you agree with NASCAR's decision on the double yellow line penalties? Did they get it right with penalizing Matt, Chase, and Denny? Vote and comment below. Hashtag Talladega. Of course, 73% said wrong, wrong, wrong. (laughs) 21% said SHIT happens, and only 6% believe that NASCAR got it right. We've already heard. (laughs) Right? We've (laughs) already heard your opinions. My opinion is I well, I guess I gave you guys my opinion, but in all honesty, I feel like NASCAR got it right, but then there was Ryan Priest or somebody else that didn't even get any penalty that clearly was involved in the mix-up. So, again, you know, the verdict is out. Yeah, you know, that's just that's such a fine line, though, too, Kenny, because, like, I'm thinking if you're going to. If you're going to give Denny Hamlin the benefit of the doubt of going below that double yellow line and coming back in at a reasonable time and giving him the win, why would you then turn around and penalize Matty D? For, you, you understand where I'm going with that? Yeah, Does that no. Make any sense? no. No, I get where, where you're coming from. I think, I think the problem with this one is, is where it becomes a judgment, right? So obviously there was clear judgment in terms of the rest of the cars that ended up getting penalized. So that's you kind of like have that step and you try and figure out 
whether or whether or not that that rule is correct. See, in this situation, I feel like Denny was forced down 100%. Did he come back up quick enough? Probably not for, for like the, in the moment, no. But if he had, it could have been a, probably a big wreck if he had came back up as quick as, you know, as people probably wanted him to based upon the rule that he stated. So that's why I'm more so like, hey, look, if we don't have it, we don't run into this issue and we just let him run to the finish and we just keep keep going. And speaking of Denny real quick, by the way, post-race inspection is clear. There are no issues, no lug nut issues as well. So Denny Hamlin is your winner. So I want to read two tweets that we received from the poll. One is from Danny and his user is at QUAILS750. He says they got it right with everyone except Denny. He advanced his position. Plus, he was two cars, two car links. I think he meant to say limps, but maybe two car links below the yellow lines. And then we got another tweet. And this user, I'm not even going to attempt to pronounce it, but I will spell it. The user is O-T-S-E-G-O City. P-A-R-A, I think that's for paranormal, but hey, I'm not, I'm going to leave that one alone. You guys are creative with your usernames. He says the caution, well, it could be a she. So this person, because we want to be politically correct, this person says the caution should have been thrown before that incident happened. Dumbasses. That introduces a whole nother thing. Should the caution have been thrown? It's like at this point, in all honesty, why would NASCAR have thrown a caution? People would have been mad if they called it earlier than before an actual incident happened. People would have been furious at that point. They had a crazy race. I, I don't know how you guys feel, of course, ultimately. But honestly, despite the, in quote, controversial outcome of the race, Honestly, I thought we got a very, very entertaining super speedway race, if anything. And I guess that'll leave the question to how do you guys feel about all the super speedway races we've had this year now that we've had all four of them? Kenny, you know, I will always love super speedway racing. (laughs) Yeah, me too. Think I, well, I know I tweeted that I have a love hate relationship with super speedway racing. (laughs) I love it. You sound like a driver. That's a lot of them. That's how a lot of them feel. <laughs> yeah. Well, I love it because I love super speedways, but I hate it because it's dangerous. Like, let's just keep it real. It is dangerous. I'm always happy when I see drivers like Kurt Busch get out of the car and they're 100% healthy, happy, and able to walk. Well, I guess they're not happy, but at least they're able to walk. I thought that his accident was scary because he did get airborne. And the craziness is, because who was the accident with? They were like, yeah, they saw his tire marks on his on the hood of their car. Like, where'd they do that at? Only at Talladega and D- <laughs> Daytona. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I know there was some other controversy brewing. Uh, let's take a tweet from Jerry Jordan over at Kicking the Tigers. Jerry said, although I agree with call to penalize the 21 of Matt DeBetadetto after reviewing it further, I still believe that Denny Hamlin deliberately stayed 
below the yellow line and should have also been penalized by NASCAR. But I blurrily, and I don't, burly, I never used that word before, see their point. (laughs) Okay, and then let's, we, we have to, we haven't read a tweet from Nick Bromberg over at Yahoo in a while. And, you know, he's always entertaining on Twitter. He writes, Brad Kozlowski said after the race that the runs are too fast to block. That was the problem with the previous rules at Daytona and Talladega after the plates were taken off. NASCAR made some rule changes this season, but clearly the changes haven't been enough. Yeah. No, he's he's got a good point. He's not wrong. I got to say, he's not. But what changes? I, I mean, at the end of the day, it's super speedway racing. What more? What I I don't understand this tweet. Yeah, it's like what more can NASCAR do to to satisfy the entire race world? And and let's be honest, NASCAR makes changes all the time. But I'm with you on this one, Tam. It's like what I mean. What else? What I mean. What what can they do? I don't think it comes from the satisfaction in terms of like the fans' perspective when it comes to that exactly. Because I feel like with which Brad Kozlowski is not telling is not telling a, a lie in the situation. You you saw it all day here at Talladega. If you get a if you get a run and you're you're in it, there's no other way for you to get out of it. You have to stay committed and you come up so quickly. And we saw that happen a lot. When Bubba was trying to get to the lead, when Chase was pushing him, that was more so the thing than anything, was trying to get make sure he has enough air from Chase. You also saw him side draft up against Joey Logano quite a few times. And once you got that type of run, you have no choice but to stick with it. And when things like that happen, there's really no looking back. And once an accident happens, it happens. I mean, you know, that's just obviously somewhat of the nature of the the package that we have now for super speedway racing. As much as I like it, there is some truth to that. Now, I don't have the answer to what will nerf that and help them out. I'm not quite sure, but he's not telling he's not telling a lot bottom line no one says he's lying all renee and i are saying is that it is what it is i don't know no fair fair enough i mean hey you know changes changes change and as you would say it is what it is i'm gonna let you stay with that because i feel the way i feel renee feels the way he feels and you obviously feel like nick there's something there i don't see it okay I do want to talk about the F-bomb that was dropped by Mr. Jimmy Johnson. Ooh, he was upset. <laughs> yeah. Like, do we have, I don't ever remember Jimmy being upset like that. That was a terrible move. I would have been livid. If, even if it happened to me on iRacing, I would have been livid. You just do not bump in the trial. You just don't. And you saw what happens when you do it. The problem is for me, is that the first time when it almost caused something, it should have been like, oh, let me get out of this. Let me get out the throttle just a little bit so I don't bump him twice. And what happened? He bumped him twice, and we got Calamity. We got Clint Boyer on the wall. We got Kurt Busch damn near flipping over. We got it all. So, yeah. Think about that. <laughs> yeah, I'm, so- yeah, I'm sorry, Tam. Kidding. I know that's your guy, but that was just a dumb move. I can't even deny it. No, something's going on with Clint. I can say that I thought it was a bonehead move. Like it was it was almost like it was a Clint move. Yeah. I'm gonna second the motion of what you said, Kenny, and all I'm gonna add is I'm surprised that Jimmy Johnson didn't use two F bombs. Uh 
Yeah, I'd have used a whole I, lot I, more than that. I, yeah, I'd have been pissed too. I mean, <laughs> you know, I'm not even sure what Boyer was thinking at that point. But uh, yeah, I'm surprised he didn't drop a couple of more F-bombs than just one. There are a few things to talk about. We're going to go into predictions. But before that, Kenny, this is kind of, I don't know, do we need to talk about it? Because this kind of happened after we recorded the last podcast episode. But it's before... Well, not before, but some time has gone by since the news dropped. But did you want to elaborate a little bit about the new deal with Hendrick and RCR? Or you feel like people already know a little bit about it? We don't I need think, to. I think there's really not too much to it. I'm more so just okay. excited about the, the new schedule. That's probably the only other thing. Okay. Now, I did want to touch a little bit on... The future of Ty Dillon, Matt DiBenedetto, Eric Jones, and I'm missing somebody else. Do we know where Corey LaJoy is headed? Still don't know yet. Okay, so all those drivers are without rides for the most part. And there aren't that many rides left unless I'm missing something. Am I missing something, anyone? (laughs) I I mean, I I think you got them all. I still think. Well, no, crazy- I'm saying it's not that many rides left. So am I miss? Like, I feel like we have six or seven notable drivers that are without rides, but at the same token, there aren't six or seven rides available. Yeah, it's not many left and not many to go through. I mean, the options are like super limited, especially at Cup. And I mean, even honestly, crazy to say, even in Xfinity. If somebody wants to go down like Daniel Hemrick did this year, the spots aren't really wide open. So it's it's going to be interesting. Honestly, I was hoping maybe in a perfect world, Matty D wins and he gets an extension. Maybe. His extension was supposed to be done by the end of September, which, again, can change. You never know. Um, But it'll be interesting to see how that pans out because I felt like if he got that win, I still think it would have still been somewhat up in the air. It's just a, it's just a super tough situation, honestly. That's what made his interview after the race that even more emotional is the fact that he wanted that win, needed that win. And then it's like deja vu, just like he said all over again with Denny Hamlin, his future of racing, you know, in NASCAR is, you know, is on the line. It's like, I'm surprised he just didn't bust out crying altogether. Cause I mean, just. Just listening and watching his interview, I felt so bad for the guy. Oh, my goodness. I saw a tweet where somebody was campaigning for Matty D in the 48. But, of course, we've heard chatter offline. But I feel as if Matty D has been so close. But I'm really not going to be happy as if somebody cares about what I think. But I'm not going to be happy if a driver like a Matty D doesn't secure a ride a competitive ride for 2021 that would just be heartbreaking because this guy you can see it in him he has even though he's kind of like that gumpy gump type of guy he has a little bit of star quality there and it's just a matter of him being put into a winning situation where he can flourish and show more of his personality and actually finally win a race really crazy because Matty D was almost crying. He really wants to get that 100 win for the Wood Brothers. But then you have somebody like a Ty Dillon, who's also, for the most part, out of a ride. And then Eric Jones, for that matter. Eric, 
finally won a cup race, but I don't know. And this is kind of to my point about a lot of these Xfinity drivers moving up when you still have drivers, cup drivers that are capable, but just aren't in the right situations. Looking at the fact that Clint Boyer pulled a bonehead move during Talladega, (laughs) maybe he's out of the 14 next year. So that opens up another spot at a competitive team for a driver who can step in and flourish. It's all money. Who knows? I mean, that's yeah. That's it. It's just money. Money's going to talk before anything at this time. It is not cheap to run a cup car. You got to have dollars to come back. You you just have to have them. It's there's just no no shortage of it. And then if you don't come with as much many dollars, there's only one other alternative and this is where you come in and talk about the Xfinity series drivers moving up pretty quickly. Is guess what? Their salaries don't match Kyle Busch. They don't match Joey Logano. They don't match a Brad Keselowski. They're just cheap as chips, as my friends in the UK would say. And that's going to be an advantage in its own way. It, it It's always going to be an advantage. When you're younger like that, you're not going to get paid as much as a star. So guess what? If you got just enough backing, they'll pay you just enough, and you'll be in a cup ride. Trust me. Who has money? Out of the drivers, the cup drivers that are without a ride. Like, who could bring money to a team? Ty was heavily involved into Geico, obviously, but Geico is pulling out of the the car deal. They're still going to be a sponsor of NASCAR, but they're spending a, a good chunk of money that way. So I guess their philosophy was, well, we've got it the, as the main sponsor, as a top tier sponsor in NASCAR. We don't really have a need to be on the car anymore. So I guess that's what their philosophy was. So that's kind of tough on his end. We talked about Jimmy dropping the F-bomb. We talked about drivers without a ride. Of course, we covered Talladega, the double yellow line penalty. We talked about a lot. So now it is time for some predictions. It's time for race predictions. What it do at the Roval, booze? What it do? Who you got, Renee? All right. The Roval is where we are going. And who's going to come out on top? I'm going to go with my man, Kevin Harvick. I feel Kevin Harvick does pretty well there at the Roval. I think he's going to come out and uh, and take the checkered flag. My alternative pick, believe it or not, I kind of wanted to go with Brad Keselowski uh, as my alternative pick. But um, I, I don't know why I keep wanting to go with this guy. And I know people are probably going to boo me every time I keep doing this because he's <laughs> booed anyway. But I, I keep wanting to pick Joey Logano for some reason. And I'm going to go with Joey Logano as my alternative pick. But I'm going to go with Kevin Harvick, the number four, to take the checkered flag at the Roval. Uh, those are my picks. I'm sticking with them. What do you say, Kenny? All right. So we are rolling to the Roval. This will be the first one I actually have not attended in person, which is kind of crazy. I know it hasn't been around long, but it's kind of wild. But either way. I'm going with Alex Bowman if it stays dry this upcoming weekend at the Roval. And if it rains, I'm going with Kyle Busch. Plain and simple. Those are my picks. I'm sticking to them. What say you, Miss Tam? Keeping it super simple, I'm going with Chase again for the win and my alternative because, well, actually, no, I do need to pick Kyle Busch. <laughs> Whoa, when I thought I had it all figured out, it changed on a dime. So because I'm going to keep hope alive. I'm going with Kyle Busch for the win, and my alternative won't be Chase Elliott because Kevin Harvick hasn't showed up yet. 
So I'm going with Kyle Bush to keep hope alive. KFB, and you guys know what the F stands for. And Kevin Harvick is my alternative. <laughs> I know Jimmy Johnson knows definitely what that F stands for. So, ladies and gentlemen, those are our picks. We are sticking with them. What say you, fans of all turns, no breaks? If you have your driver or an alternative pick that you'd like to share with us, hit us up on our social media across the board at turns, no breaks. Once again, that's across the board at turns, no breaks. Be kind to each other and stay safe out there. And ladies and gentlemen, please, please continue to support all turns, no breaks podcast. If you have anybody else out there that loves NASCAR just as much as you do, just as much as we do, this is a podcast for fans by fans. Like we always say, Take care of each other. Thank you so much. And we'll see you next week on another episode of All Turns No Break. See y'all later. Who's going to make the round of eight? Who's going to be great? Bye-bye. Thanks so much for tuning in. 